Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to a brand new UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado, and I'm here with the boys, both in collared shirts. This is a nice change. Mr. George Hermosa and Mr. J. Tan. Hello there. I'm wearing an undershirt. Are you? Yeah, I'm wearing an undershirt. Mine's red, though. That's not an undershirt, unless it's under ruse. <laughs> it's under, what is it? It's under your shirt. So What's okay? In a matter of speaking, I'm I'm guessing it's a wrestling shirt. No, it's like a Quicksilver red. Shirt. Really? Yeah. You know what's funny? I only have like three wrestling shirts. No, you don't. I Maybe really in do. rotation right now. No, no, no. Okay. But I'm sure a, there's a closet full of wrestling I have, with this guy. I have a CM Punk shirt, a Bullet Club shirt, an Evolution shirt. Uh, okay, maybe you more. Would. Okay, maybe more. Evolution, Mr. Kennedy, Randy Orton. But I will order a Piper shirt and a... But you're not going to... I'll tie it all to UFC. I'll tie it all to MMA watches. Bring it back to Baker. So <clears throat> I, I was going to order a actually a Bailey shirt and a Piper shirt. Um... I mean, you know, obviously, but uh, actually, the UFC I actually ran this. into uh, Gene LaBelle, actually, not too not too long Judo ago. Judo Gene? Yeah, he actually came into my store. I'm not going to say where I work because I was going to stock That me. has nothing to do with their shirt collection. No, but not that I'm, we're but, getting on topic anyway no, here. No, but no tying into Gene LaBelle, obviously a guy <laughs> who is very familiar with Rowdy Roddy Piper and Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Yes, very, so, very good. So, Leading know, us. He gave, me, he, gave me a couple, he gave me actually a couple gifts. Uh, actually, I forgot to bring them, but Did you get the time, patches? I got he the gives pad- up patches, And guys. I guess uh, the badges. The badge. The Ronda Rousey badges. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Judo Gene LaBelle, guys, obviously we've talked about him in the past, a uh, great pioneer in MMA. But if you're in the Southern California area, if you're in L.A. and you have the privilege of meeting this guy, first of all, he's got punchlines galore, proverbially and literally, so stay on his good side, number one. But number two, if you even you can make him smile or something, number... If you can make him, if you can give him candy, that will make him smile a lot. He loves his chocolates. Okay, big bag of chocolates whenever you see him at MMA events. Uh, but also, if you're on his good side, he'll give you these patches, like iron-on patches, right? Man, and I thought did it you was see about special? that? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking, like go. he gave them to me, and I'm like, oh man, I'm so cool. Like, <laughs> no, yes. Turns out he tur- he gives everybody a bunch of patches. No, but <laughs> you have to cross a certain threshold, man. I mean, you're you're in the I'm fold in. now, you know. I got as, as I, Roddy I, Piper would have said, you're you're in the frat, kind of. You I'm, know what I mean? I hope so. I mean, I have yeah. a number. If you got a Judo Jean LaBelle patch, guys, that's reason enough to come to L.A. I mean, come on. Come to our new uh, the new studios, which we'll talk about later. But, be, you know, beyond that, come meet Judo Jean LaBelle in Southern California. You'll get a patch. Well, you guys can follow me on Twitter. Uh, the road to 400 followers begins as I surpass... Oh, I should really turn on the volume once I once I have the chat roll on. Um, you know, I, I surpassed 300 followers on Twitter. Congratulations. And now, hashtag roll to 400 followers begins. Why are you so popular all of a sudden? I mean, how many followers do you have? I, I don't have any. Oh, really? I don't have a Twitter. Oh, wow. Just kidding. This whole time. At Tough Area. Tough Area. How many followers do you have? I really don't know. Okay. I do. More than, more than 400? Uh, probably a little Show bit Show off. <laughs> 402. Uh, Somebody check that for me and let me know if it's right. Okay. Anyway, we're going to talk about UFC Fight Night 74, Holloway versus Oliveira. This 
turned out to be a pretty good fight card. Um, we had two performance bonuses that were on the prelims, so that says something about the card. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was in Saskatoon. 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 Saskatchewan. Saskatoon. Saskatoon. And it's Saskatchewan. Canada. Yes. Canada. Canada. It's in, it was in Canada. So eh? 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 Uh, um, <coughs> the original Sasquatch sighting. Really? I believe. Henceforth, the, the name. name Sasquatch in Saskatchewan. Very interesting. I'm before, not going to say that Before we go down the card, or before you go on the uh-huh. card, let me just say, I'm so disappointed that Sean O'Connell did not get to fight. Uh, I think he pulled out of a fight, but mm-hmm. look up Sean O'Connell weigh-ins. Uh-huh. That guy's got the best weigh-ins, like, ever. Yeah. Look he, him up. He's pretty entertaining. Yeah, Daniel Jolly was the, that was the first fight of the night, and actually, Jan- Daniel Jolly... Jumping in last minute to replace him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it did not go well for Mr. Jolly. No, he was not Jolly. Did it? Uh, we're going to start right there, Mr. J Tan. Thank you for leading me there. The early prelims on Fight Pass, you could see them. Misha Serkunov defeated Daniel Jolly via KO in round one. Oof. Oof. Uh, then we had Shane Campbell defeating Elias. 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 Silve- Silverio via unanimous decision. And then jumping up to the prelims that were on Fox Sports 1, if you guys saw them, Chris Kalaitis defeated Chris Beale via split decision. This was a bit of a controversial uh, finish here. And then we had Nikita Krylov defeating Marcos. Who's a good wrestler? Rogerio. He Um, still is, apparently. (laughs) De Lima. Yes, apparently he is. Um, Via submission rear naked choke. Philippe Arantes defeated Yves. Eve. Eve Jabouin. Eve Jabouin. I knew I was going to screw that one up. Um, via armbar in round one. And Frankie Perez defeated Sam Stout via TKO in round one. That was one of our fight of the night. Or, I'm sorry, performance bonuses was Frankie Perez. And then jumping up to the main card, we had the female starting us off. Valerie. Oh. Laterno. Laterno. Okay. Hmm. Much easier than it looks. Defeated Marina. Mar- Marina. Marina. Oh, it's not spelled typically. Moroz, via unanimous decision. Next on the main card. Let her do this one. Don't, uh, don't help her. Go Olive, for it. Olivier uh, Albin Mercier defeated Tony Sims. <laughs> I said it right, right? You did say Tony Sims correctly. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to leave it at Olivier that. Olivier Albin Mercier, I believe. Olivier Albin Mercier. Just remember Merci- they're in Canada. What, what? With some French Canadian, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, Tony Sims lost. Uh, unanimous decision. Uh, short notice fight, though, for Tony, so props to him for stepping in. Next, in the lightweight division, we have Francisco Trinaldo defeating Chad Lepre via TKO in round one. Then we had Patrick Cote defeating Josh Berkman via TKO in round three. That was a good fight. It was a good fight. Um, Cote impressed me. We're going to talk about that, though. Neil Magny defeated Eric Silva via split decision. I have to agree... With this split decision. Um, some did not, though. Um, it was supposed to be Silva versus Rick Story. Rick Story couldn't fight again. And Neil Magny stepped in, so kudos to Neil. And then Max Holloway, the number five ranked competitor, defeated Charles Oliveira, the number seven ranked competitor, via TKO in round one. Oh, due to injury, we'll talk about that later. There's a couple of weird finishes to this one, for sure. Yeah. show really kind of, um, I think it... Kind of proved to be a lot better than uh, better live than on paper. Mm-hmm. Not uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, honestly there wasn't a whole lot that jazzed me about this particular card. Probably l- less than any other one that, uh, mm-hmm. 
this year. But that said, um, you've got a series, uh, a bunch of first-round finishes, mm-hmm. uh, an exciting match with Cote versus Berkman that certainly paid off. Um, and you saw some new guys, uh, Misha... Uh, uh, Sirkunov and um, you know continuing the Nikita Krylov, uh, Frankie Perez, really interesting story there, and and uh, the unfortunate uh, situation with uh, Holloway and Oliveira. But there was yeah. a lot to lot to digest out of this show. That's for sure. There definitely was, and it was in Canada, which we always get a good showing when we go to Canada. Mm-hmm. It's one of those uh, their first time that, in Saskatoon, no less. Right, but um, as as a country as a whole, we usually get a good turnout and. The fans are amazing. I compare them to the Irish fans, to the German fans, and to uh, our local fans, Nothing our Vegas compares fans. To the Irish fans, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But but Canadian fans are pretty pretty darn into yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. They are pretty darn uh, hardcore. So let's start at the bottom of the main card with the ladies. Actually, it's funny. Valerie um, trained an American Top Team, and I would always see her in crossing at the headquarters. I never sparred her or anything, but. I would see her in crossing, and um, I know that Hector Lombard is a big um, kind of mentor to her. They're always working together hmm. uh, on her stand-up and, and all kinds of stuff. I'm sure he teaches her some judo. Um, but she needed no teachings in this fight because she defeated M- Marina Moroz via unanimous decision. It was one of those matches where it was just a good striking match back and forth. The lady stood toe-to-toe mm-hmm. and just banged it out. Um, Valerie dropped Moroz in the first round. She was doing a good job of controlling Moroz on the ground. Um, then Moroz kind of got that inverted triangle that she held for almost the entire first yeah. round, which was interesting. And uh, the the next two rounds kind of finished up the same, striking toe-to-toe. 29-28, 29-28. I gave Letourneau all three rounds. I, I'm not quite sure I, I, yeah. which one Moroz might have won. I'm guessing the second. The, the head trap that you were talking about in the mm-hmm. first looked a lot I, I thought it looked a lot cooler than it necessarily looked threatening um, Letourneau right. like you said was uh, was having the time of her life with the striking there uh, her jab was working effectively in the first um, but I don't Moreau's rocked Letourneau like the only thing I could figure out you know about I think uh, with a minute ten left in the second mm-hmm. uh, she dropped Valerie um, but uh or, or she rocked her, but didn't she, drop her. She, didn't she, she drop, got wobbled. Yeah, yeah she just yeah. wobbled. Um, didn't, Valerie didn't hit the floor, but she was, uh, she was a little bit on rubber legs there. Mm-hmm. And that was about the best that I could figure out, other than the cosmetic thing with the, with the headlock. But I, I don't think that... I hope the judges wouldn't have... I think the round that, that they gave Moroz was the round that she had the inverted triangle for, like... Because she had it for, like, three minutes or, like, mm-hmm. two minutes of the round. <laughs> and I think they gave her control points, which I get it. She is controlling the position. Valerie was completely and utterly helpless in that position because you're stuck. Yeah, but she wasn't threatened. And, I mean, Valerie dropped her with the right. Well, right? you're not the referee, so why am I arguing yeah. with you? Hey. Um, I, but yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely think that... Letourneau had that round. You know, it was it was a cool looking thing, but it certainly wasn't threatening. To it wasn't threatening, Letourneau. but it, once again, she did have the control. I've been kind of looking forward to seeing Marina Moreau's fight again since she, uh, she beat Joanne Calderwood. She did a few months ago. So I'm thinking, wow, she's good enough to beat jo- jo- Jojo, my lovely, beautiful Jojo. <laughs> we all know um, we love Jojo. Yeah, and I was like, oh, kind of, kind of want to see how she turns out. But yeah, unfortunately, she was not able to capitalize on that victory. No, I mean, she has great striking, and she was really trying to utilize that front teep kick, but wasn't it? wasn't doing anything for her. It wasn't landing. Mm-hmm. And Valerie just seemed like the overall confident, uh, mo- really a Muay Thai style, Muay Thai striker that really had no problem initiating when she wanted to and staying out of harm's way when she wanted to. She kind of had her way with the striking match. Mm-hmm. Do we have anybody in the chat room, I'm wondering? Uh, me? I was trying to... 
I'm, yeah, in, the, I'm, I'm in the chat you. room. I mean, I am. You are? Anybody else? Apparently not. All right. All right. Womp, womp, womp. Deviating from our usual people here. <laughs> you so, know, th- let's talk about, let's go back one, though. Mm-hmm. Frankie Stout, or, I'm sorry, Frankie Perez and Sam Stout. Mm-hmm. That man, I don't think we'll see that again anytime soon. <laughs> Um, besides the fact, I mean, I, my my predictions are way off the mark here. I had Stout winning, um, and I mean, for the most of the undercard, I failed miserably. But uh, Frankie Perez finishing Sam Stout in under a minute TKO, um, just blatant. I mean, Perez he, he drops him with a uh, drops Stout with a right, and then four more punches following up uh, ground and pound. But then. To get the guy is now one in one. This was his uh, second match in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Got his victory over Sam Stout, and proceeds to retire right there on the spot in his second match, first UFC victory ever. Um, that that shocked me. I was fascinated by that. That's a little bizarro. Yeah, yeah. I think I read he's um he he's ending his career at uh, nine in one. Uh, certainly not a, a shabby record, but uh, he said. <laughs> I love this part. He was talking about uh, um, you know wanting to kind of. Uh, this was his dream, I guess, to get a victory uh-huh. in the UFC. And I got a quote. I believe it was from an article from uh, Damon Martin. So I don't know if he quoted him directly, but it said, "I want to open a school, find a girl, and make some babies." <laughs> this is a this what? is a cage this is a cage fighter acknowledging that his biological clock is ticking and it's time to step out of the cage and and i don't know create create some babies well, essentially uh, he's got 50 grand to right? get that dream going well he does, yeah yeah exactly and you know i suppose any girls that see this one go mm-hmm. oh he knows when to step away he's any, a tough guy he's macho i he don't say that I say you are definitely not going to say that but you, that's completely separate you okay baby, baby get back in the cage no, the guy's got his priorities good. And what I found fascinating too, I think um who else was the other one? I'm looking here. Um it might have been Co- Yeah, it was Cote. Cote in his post-fight speech as well. There was something about the hormones going on amongst the fighters. Co- Cuz Cote says, uh you know, my, to my coach, congratulations, he just had a baby and oh uh, my my buddy, he is he also had a baby. Everyone's having babies except for me, but I'm working on it. <laughs> What cage fighter says that in the middle of the cage? Unless to, like, use as a line to hook other chicks. That's why you get into the cage business, into cage fighting, is to just to sign autographs and bang hot chicks. Not really true, actually. Even Dana will say no. But, not the point. The point is that that was the weirdest moment. Like, that retirement, I thought, was fantastic going on in his own terms. Right. Um, and, and certainly against Sam Stout. Like, that's a hell of a name to hang your hat on, Right. But then on top of that, all these quotes about making babies and stuff. I was like, I don't man, know. baby fever going on in Canada. There's is it the time of the month for the men, perhaps? Maybe, <laughs> or maybe I don't think yeah. it's sexist because it's we're talking about the fellas, and I didn't know that apparently cage fighters could ovulate. <laughs> or maybe all of Canada is ovulating, and <laughs> that was in the atmosphere. So well, they were like, we just have to have babies. I heard they now. got some good beer. They do, in, st- in fact, Canada has uh, beer forte, or strong beer, as I they was say. only in Canada once, and I was not old enough to drink beer. Shout out to Molson and Labatt's. I practically grew up on them. When it was legal to do so, that is. <clears throat> <clears throat> but that was one of the, one of the more fascinating uh, matches and storylines from the undercard. Yeah, that's pretty damn interesting. I mean... Mm-hmm. I do like when a guy retires on a win rather than a loss because when you know someone retires after a loss, you're like, ooh, he just has to give it up. Yeah. And, and but when someone retires on a win, it's like, damn. 
you know, he just I, beat Sam Stout, and he's cool with his life, and he's ready to move on. So, and yeah. I, I think it's it's an interesting telltale sign that um, I remember in the post fight interview we talked about being tired of putting his body through it and putting his family through. Right. I guess the cut and the training and things like that. He's picking quality of life. At least if we take this at face value, he's picking quality of life over a, career, a continued career as a cage fighter. Granted, at the top level, the UFC, but that's quite something to walk away from. To, dis- yeah. to make that decision, which we we don't see a lot of guys do that per se until they're forced out. Until, as you said, you know they t- they lose one too many, and you know Dana essentially retires them, you know, or yeah. or has that talk with them. I guess he's at like he said he wanted to open a school. He has other dreams besides cage fighting, and hey. Kudos to him. Yeah, everyone th- has their path, and he he chose his for sure. I think that this is a really good thing. Um, hopefully, we will see more fighters. I don't want to say we'll see more fighters retire early, but hopefully, we'll see more fighters feel comfortable in making that decision. That I think is you know such the important thing is that at this young age. Uh, he was able to say, all right, that's enough. I'm moving on with life. Definitely a mature decision because, mm-hmm. like, for example, myself, I could never see myself being like, oh, I'm just done with sports. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'll be that 50-year-old woman, like, I can still play. You'll be trying something sl- new. You'll be going from one thing <laughs> to the other to the other to the other. Uh, I'm pretty consistent. But, uh, yeah, I think I'll stick to the two I'm in. But I, it'll definitely be a thing where I will be the lady with the cane that still wants to play basketball at the court with the kids you know it's just something in an athlete I th- some athletes i should say that they just you know they always want to get that adrenaline rush you'll never play basketball with a cane why i'll put money on that i can put the ball in the hoop with my cane i can like hit it in that's baseball oh crap <laughs> i knew i should have played softball in high school anyway let's go on mercier defeating tony sims via unanimous decision once again uh tony sims took this fight on short notice so kudos to him for doing so but didn't exactly work out in your favor. Uh, Mercier came out with great wrestling, grinding Sims to the ground, uh, taking him to the mat. Mercier gets Sims uh, back and is working for a choke pretty much for that whole first round. He's working for that rear naked choke. Um, round three, Sims stuffs the takedown, makes Mercier pay with some great punches and elbows. I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be over there for a second. I was really? like, this is the comeback. This is the comeback. Really good control. I was actually really um, happy. To see that, hmm. because I really thought it was going to be a one-sided fight, a really lopsided fight. I think it still fight. was, in my opinion. I gave uh, it was definitive. Aubin Mercier all three. In fact, I gave him a ten-eight on the first uh, the first round. Right. Um, by the time it, it really was Aubin Mercier's match to lose, um, he was great with his uh, takedowns and ground control. Got the back a lot with the body lock, and that mm-hmm. certainly took a lot out of Sims. By the time by the third round, you know. Um, Sims, uh, it, w- it was nice to see Sims turn it up a little bit, but by that point it was really too little too late. Right. And I think that the damage, especially with the body lock, um, that that took a lot out of him. And, you know, he was just kind of done, but went out on his sword, I suppose. But it, it was still Obin Mercier all the way. To yeah, me. I definitely had Mercier all three rounds completely definitively. But I did see amazing stuff out of um, Tony Sims. And I don't always say this. Usually when there's a clear winner, there's a clear winner and I'm a, I'm a one-sided chick. But in this one, I really, I, I like Tony Sims' style. He was aggressive. He hmm. went for that guillotine, uh, I think it was the, th- the third round. Right. And I was like, oh, kudos to you. He um, he definitely had balls. Yep, he did uh, it, well, on the shot, yeah, with the, the guillotine. He was going for it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it was by that point that you know um, it, it the was writing was on the over. wall there. Mm-hmm. Y'all yeah. just stole the words out of my mouth. 
Like everything I was going to say, you guys just said. Oh, well, then don't even talk. Just sit there. Oh, wait. <laughs> you wanted to do that. Really? Really? It's hard enough pulling words out of this guy as it is. And you just like super glued the the the, the, tea, the top on the no, teapot no, shut. No, no, no. Yeah, you, you ain't I kidding, was, Alexis. I was doing the whole parenting method where it's reverse psychology. If I tell him to be quiet, then he's going to talk his, our ears off. Right? You really think the Jedi mind trick works on this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, I'm not look, even listening anymore. That's the face of a little Jedi. Maybe Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. That's what I call my coach. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I love these sound effects. <laughs> um, so Francisco Trinaldo defeated Chad Laprie via TKO in round one. Uh, Chad came out super confident. His striking looked great. Uh, landed a nice head kick in the beginning. Uh, then Laprie gets uh, rocked. Pulls guard, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trinaldo gets on top. Is landing Bombs. Flattened him out. Bombs. Yeah, full mount to the back, flattened him out, and <sighs> tag him in back. And this was sad. Chad was one of these guys that I really started to, <clears throat> I, I enjoyed starting to kind of rally around. You know, he's becoming a personal favorite, winning uh, right. his season of tough, uh, I think it was Nations, right? Mm-hmm. Canada versus Australia. And uh, um, undefeated, this is his first loss. And he was just looking... In each of his matches since he started fighting regularly in in the UFC, mm-hmm. um, I feel like we've seen huge improvements uh, with him. He's he's super aggressive. Doesn't look like the type necessarily that would be your more aggressive fighter, but he comes out swinging. He's serious in the cage, you know, and and sharp technically. And uh, you know, Trinaldo was just I think a bit too big for him. Too uh, big, too Chad, fast, too powerful. Yeah, his power was insane. Chad Lepre is one of those guys that he comes out there and you're like, ooh. I want to watch this guy fight because mm-hmm. he is really, really confident in there. That's what really struck me was he was going – not many fighters stand tall anymore. And I think that was something to point out. He stood so tall and he, his kicks just came off his hips so nicely and his his strikes looked amazing. But the thing I noticed as soon as he went out there was, oh, my God, Trinaldo's strikes are so powerful. And mm-hmm. oh, the, yeah. there's something in that where you're like, okay um, – Lapri is making the better of the striking, but one of those, just one of those bombs could knock Lapri out at any moment. And I was kind of waiting for that as soon as the match started. I was like, that's going to be the, that's going to be the end of this match. This was another one that I expected, uh, d- didn't go the way that I expected. I had Trinaldo. There's a pretty, if I remember correctly, I'm going to look here, but, uh, mm-hmm. pretty significant age difference between the two. Oh, that's right. Trinaldo, I think the next day, today, in fact, maybe, mm-hmm. his birthday. Turning 37 years old. Wow. Now, I am happy to say that 30 year, 37 years old does not necessarily make you old. <laughs> okay, guys. Jay, how old are you? But, <laughs> shut up. But, uh, Chad, you know, um, yeah, the size and the speed of, of Trinaldo, too much for even a young whippersnapper like him. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll see him see come more, back stronger yeah. And, and better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that this is the nail in the coffin, obviously, oh God, no. for Chad Lepre. He was on a hot rocket before this fight, and I hope he continues that after. Yeah. Um, next, definitely my favorite fight of the night, and possibly my favorite fighter of the night, Patrick Cote, um, defeating Josh Berkman via TKO in round three. Frankie Perez would be my favorite fighter of the night. But if he didn't retire. He's no longer a fighter. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Can't say it. You can't put him on your fantasy MMA leagues. Hmm. Does that exist? Yes. Yeah. Can we play? Mm. Go for it. That would be so much fun. <laughs> Let's make this like There's our- a bunch of them out there, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I, would, I would lose. So <laughs> <laughs> why would you lose? You're like Mr. Statistic. That's yeah, I'm, why I'm, you would lose. I'm Mr. Statistic, not Mr. Prediction. True. Call me Mrs. Prediction. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, so Patrick Cotelli defeated Josh Berkman via TKO in round three. Berkman landing hard shots on uh, Cote. Cote showing off that strong chin. He was eating him mm-hmm. time after time. I was like, yeah. when's this guy going to go down? When's this guy going to go down? And he just was not taking uh yes for an answer, I guess you could say. Um, end of round one, Cote landed a hard right uh, that rattled Josh, but he survived it until the bell. It was right at the end of that round. Um, Berkman waiting and countering. That was kind of the, the story the entire time. Mm-hmm. Berkman would wait and counter. And that's such a hard thing to do, though, because there's a fine line between waiting and countering and getting driven backwards and, and steered around and, and completely, you know, ran over. But he did a really good job of keeping cage control, although he wasn't striking that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that style is just hard to pull off. So kudos to Berkman for that. Um, he was doing, like, the wait and bait. Uh, method with that takedown. Mm-hmm. He would wait, and you didn't even know he was looking for the takedown. Mm-hmm. You thought maybe he was looking for the counter strike, and he got that takedown right at the perfect time on Cote and, or I'm sorry, yeah, on Cote. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple f- failed takedown attempts by Cote though, and finally uh, Cote rocked Berkman with a right hand, dropped him, and finished him with some brutal ground and pound. Yeah, he dropped him dead there. <laughs> And landed, I think, like 200,000 right punches after that. Yeah. Uh, Jer- Jaron Verlell was the referee taking, uh, that was I want to say taking a sweet time about, uh, about stopping that though. There was Berkman, I, I know that Berkman was, looked like he was still in it there. He wasn't, his body hadn't gone limp. Right. But Cote was firing off shots. I mean, maybe that just speaks to how fast Cote's rights were at that moment. You know, It was a weird stoppage. And I'm not even going to say a late stoppage. It was a weird stoppage. Because this was like... Wait, wait, wait. Now it's a late stoppage. Okay. Yeah. Now it just finished. Okay, yeah. now we finally got the win. This was like the incline. Like, it should have been stopped right here yeah. when it was like the most dangerous. And then it kind of got less dangerous. And it was like, okay, maybe he can survive now that he gave him so much time. Right. And it's like... Okay, now stop it. Yeah. It, was, it was a little weird. I was like, wait a second. That there was a lot happened? of shots taken there. Um, but Berkman is a guy that can take shots. Mm-hmm. Um, As I, we saw through this match. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that he probably should... Uh, well, um, both guys were... Cote uh, was saying about leading, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Both yeah. these guys, look, they've got probably... I'm guessing 50 matches in between the two of them. I think uh, Berkman himself might have been, uh, what, 10 and 20? Or I'm sorry, no, 20 and 10, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's at these this point in their in their careers. I mean, if you have this many fights, you don't want to. <laughs> I, I guess it's it's a mixed bag because it's so fan friendly to see two guys just go at it and wing it and land on each other's heads. But at the same time, you've got that much more of a legacy of taking shots to the head and concussions that you do and don't know about. Diego Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Diego's a great case in point that guys yeah. at this this level and this experience uh, experience level, excuse me, um, really need to be uh, need to be that much uh, that much more careful about the shots, a bit more calculated. I mean, there's definitely two- kicks to the body. Tra- do a do a kick trade, please. Right. You know, there's definitely two kinds of fighters in this game. I mean, there's tons of kinds, but the, these two seem to be the most popular. And I could name a couple. You have your Ronda Rousey. You have your Conor McGregor. Your finishers, so to speak. They go in there, they get it done fast, and they mm-hmm. get out. It doesn't always work, but usually, for the most part, that's what they tend to do. Then you have your fighters like your uh, 
Diego Sanchez, Jessica hmm. Penne is one of them for the females. Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt's another one. Vanderlei. Where they will just sit there and duke it out. Yeah. And, and drag on the fight almost longer than it needs to go. Right, right. And then we do see their career shortened. We do see more scar tissue damage. And, you know, as a fighter, it's kind of a conscious decision you have to make. Um, it's something as a female that I think about a mm-hmm. lot. I'm, um, I'm conscious of that. And I'm... It's not the reason I want to finish the fight sooner, mm-hmm. but it's definitely in the back of my mind when I get in there. Like, you better get your ass in here, get it done, and get out. And especially, guys, again, at this experience level, right? Um, there's a bit more to a bit more to lose, a bit more to, to be careful about. Robert Duvall once said <laughs> in a very famous film, he cracked a line, a joke that, that I will uh, paraphrase here, but in the 1988 Dennis Hopper opus, Colors with Sean Penn... <laughs> They're, I believe they're, they're in the car and they're, they're two cops partnered up and they're in the car together and Dennis Hop, I'm sorry, excuse me, um, Robert Duvall decides to impart some words of wisdom on, on Sean Penn, the young rookie cop, the young upstart and says, you know, there's two bulls sitting over there on the bluff and they're looking down. You see a whole herd of cows there, right? The baby bull says to Papa Bull, hey, let's run down there and screw one of those cows. And Papa Bull says, now mind you, I'm paraphrasing as well, okay? I'll just go see the movie, it's worth it, it's on Netflix. And Papa Bull says, no son, let's walk down there, screw them all. This is my point exactly about learning how to take shots better. You get older, you know how to conserve your energy and be careful and make sure that you take shot. you use your energy uh, appropriately in a match. It's important. Guys, take it to heart, you know? So, the next fight on the card... <laughs> no, that was a very good analogy, Jay. Damn very right. Very long-winded, but very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was 12 matches. we got time to kill here. We're at the 30-minute mark in 9, 8, 7, 6... six go for it. Okay. Five, five, okay. Anyway, we have some announcements, though. We have some cool new fights coming up. Yeah, we have a lot of news. A lot of news. Um, anyway, Neil Magny versus... Eric Silva. This was the split decision of the night. I don't really see why it was a split decision, but Neil Magny mm-hmm. defeated Eric Silva. Um, so Magny gets the takedown. Silva gets the takedown. Magny gets the takedown. Uh, landing beautiful ground and pound. Uh, round one was was Magny though. Um, he he got the takedown. He controlled uh, Eric Silva. But this is the thing about Eric Silva. His jujitsu is phenomenal, right? So when he got on top of Neil Magny, I think it looked more decisive than when Neil Magny got on top of Eric Silva. That being said, I I, I usually judge these kinds of rounds by time, control time, mm-hmm. you know, because there's no damage done. So yeah. then you take time into consideration. And going by that philosophy, Neil Magny completely controlled more than Eric Silva. Um, Magny was the more consistent fighter, definitely the better cardio. You saw Silva getting really tired towards the end. And the more composed fighter, he was confident as hell mm-hmm. in there, which kudos to him because he took the fight last minute. He just uh, came off a loss against Damien Maia, and he yeah. even mentioned in, in the post-fight interview, he was like, you know, kind of humbled me in some ways. Obviously, he I think they just kept saying that he's, this is his ninth fight in 18 months. Yeah. He said yeah. fight. He is ninth fight in 18 one months. In nine fight. One more match, and he will equal Frankie Perez's short and you know what? career. You know what? That is something to say about his confidence in the cage. When you're mm-hmm. in the cage that often, your your confidence raises. And you yeah. see guys that have you know long layoffs, so maybe like a year or six months for injuries, they come back a little hesitant sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think that familiar familiarity, whoa, 
in the cage. Whoa. <laughs> you got it close enough. Can sometimes uh, be a good thing because you're like, oh, it's, it's this again. It's yeah, cool. He's he's on a Cerrone kick, which I may just have <laughs> coined coined a phrase here, but you For know, sure. five five and zero oh last year. Uh, now I believe uh, four and one. Is that right? Yeah, four. Um, mm-hmm. No, three and one this year. Um, he's he's on a roll. God bless him. He's not uh, not coming out injured. He's able to turn around. Um, he also said that he's got to he's got to do out his uh, two week mandatory um, medical suspension that all guys go on after at least in this uh, in this province, I guess. But uh, it may just be also um, you know um, UFC regulation. But uh, all guys after a fight, I don't know how many people know this, but all fighters are suspended um, for two weeks. Two weeks that you your body is forced to rest up. In the amateurs, it's five days, ironically. But really? um, he, he said, after that, I'm going to sit on my couch for two weeks, and I'm ready to go after that. So this is not the last that we're going to see of Mr. Magni. And I, for one, hmm. am thrilled because I was a little bit, uh, as we talked about last time, you know, a little bit heartbroken that he uh, yeah. he had that loss to Maya. I really wanted to see him uh, see a star rise with that one. But he, he's back on track. He is back on track, and he's grown on me. He's one of those fighters, mm-hmm. when I first saw him, I was like, ah, do I like this guy? And as I continue to watch him grow and his speed and his, like I said, confidence is really mm-hmm. what sells me sells me over in the cage. It's like, this guy's legit. Mm-hmm. He's the real deal. Oh. I mean, I always I always thought he was. But this sealed the deal. Last minute replacement fight beats Eric Silva in such fashion. So congratulations to Neil Magny for moving up that ladder. I'm not totally convinced that we'll see him in title contention. But I would love... Ever? Yeah. At least not in the UFC, but I would love really? to be proven wrong. Really? I re- I hope it happens. Right now, I don't see it because I think we did kind of see him hit a glass ceiling with Damian Maya. But you know, right. here his wrestling was was on point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he uh, he did have uh, all rounds. I don't think I gave anything. Uh, the second one I thought was close, but uh, no, I take it back. I, I I think I was leaning towards Silva on that one. Um, but it, it was Neil's match for sure, and mm-hmm. I. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's good to be proven wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love for that to happen. That we see it fun. all the time. Um, fighters usually have pretty up-and-down careers. I mean, there's the few fighters like, you know, uh, John Jones and, and mm-hmm. guys like that that have pretty consistent careers. Mm-hmm. They're just winners. Fedor. Fedor Milianenko is a great example. But then we have other fighters, they, they have their bumps and they have their, their peaks and their valleys. And Two you, steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. We see it all the time with our local fighters. Swanson, you know, no. We constantly see wins, losses. It, it's a sport where sometimes the best man doesn't always win. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. And so Neil Magny had his loss against Damian Mile, although it was heartbreaking. I think he's back on the right track. Mm-hmm. I, I hope so. See a good Neil Magny. I think we'll see him at least one one more time. <laughs> Watch him also sneak on to the, uh, the, the year end. The baby wagon? The what? Is that what we call it? The baby <laughs> <laughs> No, I was talking about him getting another fight. He's going to do oh, the exact opposite oh. of making babies. Okay. Um, but I don't know his personal well, life. Wait, sure his let me ask this. If anyone's in our chat room or can hear me. Nope. Answer me. Well, get in our chat room. Um, anyway, um, my question is, do guys take off work when the girls get pregnant for that long? Like, are they- Some Yeah, we go to the bar. High five. Oh, All my. Right. Neither of you have babies. So I'm not asking Knock you. Knock on wood. But, yeah. Oh gosh! Some, but anyway, some husbands do depending on their job. And yeah, the wife needs help. Paternal leave, yeah. yeah. But like, but you're an MMA fighter. Like, you don't 
I mean, you're training every day, but you could still have the flexibility to be home at nights and stuff like that. Is that enough, or do you take off training? You're asking me? <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really think that it really depends It on, depends. Yeah. It certainly yeah, depends yeah. on the fighter. Do you own the gym? Do you have yeah, to teach yeah, the classes yeah, yeah. there? This and that, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, just wondering. <clears throat> Since we're in a room full of baby daddies, not. Um, bad question. Anyway, so we have Max Holloway, the number five ranked contender, defeating Charles Oliveira, the oh, number seven match. ranked contender, via TKO. In quote, esophagus injury. Yeah. Um, strangest uh, occurrence this here. the weirdest thing ever. One so, of, one of. Let's talk about the, the sequence. Um, I thought Holloway was fast. He was bouncy. I mean, mm-hmm. we were all sitting in for, selling in for a, a fantastic five round war. You know, it was going to be speedy, yeah. technical, uh, probably a lot of power as well, surprisingly. Yep. Um, I mean, surprisingly in, you know, relative to the, them to being the weight 45ers. Class. Yeah, yes. of course. Um, Oliver shoots in for a takedown. Um, Holloway is more or less, he's almost against the cage, but kind of backs up uh, towards it, is able to kind of sidestep, or I think as uh, Dominic Cruz explained, he shifted stances, um, went southpaw to uh, to get his foot out of the way mm-hmm. uh, in the takedown shot. Um, was it Oliveira basically kind of, he grabbed for the double, but his, uh, his body was his... I think it was his it was right, his left, his, one, his left yeah. shoulder seemed to go into the into the cage, um, and he rolled over to his back basically for guard. Holloway stepped away and said, "Now let's keep it standing." Oliveira gets up and is immediately holding his collarbone there, what looks like his collarbone. Um, backs up into the cage, right? Backs up into the cage. Herb Dean says, "Keep going, keep going." Um, and by that point, he's. Uh, Oliveira is even kind of waving the whole thing off, and it is, again, one of those moments where nobody's quite sure, even the referee is not quite sure what's going on there, but Holloway goes on the attack because the referee is not called off the fight. Mm-hmm. Two punches, two body shots, and then um, uh, the, Herb Dean calls it off. And Oliveira, you see, immediately sink down to to the bottom and even fall backwards uh, on his back, and that really started to concern me. I had no idea what was going on, but... It was, the way that everything just stopped to a dead halt in that arena yeah. was pretty scary. So the moment that I kind of thought something was wrong, but then I thought I might have been mistaken, was when he was down on the ground against the cage. Mm-hmm. I saw him, like, hesitate. Like, it was like, what is he doing? And then mm. when Holloway stood up, he didn't immediately follow. Like, if you're in the beginning of the first round and someone stands you up, you mm-hmm. jump to your feet, of course. You don't right, take your right. time. In the fifth round of a, f- a five-round fight, yeah, you take your time. We've seen that a hundred times. There was no fatigue involved, obviously. Right. And he, he hesitated. I'm like, why isn't this guy getting up? He's a little 145-pounder. I expected him to spring to his feet, and he didn't. Right. So that's when I noticed something was wrong. And then, of course, he grabbed his, his collarbone, what it looked like, shoulder collarbone. And they waved off the fight, whatever. And I immediately thought, oh, he must have broken his clavicle or, or something here must have broken. Mm-hmm. He said he just felt numbness all over yeah. his body. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they released exactly what the injury was. He said he had neck problems leading into this fight, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of ignored it. He kind of said, oh, I probably shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't, uh, should have let it heal fully. I don't know if that led to this or was related to this, but I guess we'll right. find out in the coming days. Was it, uh, it was either Bloody Elbow or Fox Sports, I think, that ran the yeah. article? I mean, yeah. MMA Weekly said Charles Arvella suffered a tear in his esophagus. Yeah. Okay. That's serious stuff. Now, I Oof. talked to a doctor uh, on the way up here, actually, to, oh, really? to kind of get an idea. Esophagus, obviously, you need it for breathing. 
So you, that's kind of an important thing. You would think thing. so. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but a tear, what exactly? I, the report I, I read said a micro tear. Hmm. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what exactly that meant. Um, the esophagus essentially, well, not, not a medical, I'm not going to go into a medical thing here, but as I said, we, you need it to, to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a micro tear, the esophagus is a, an organ that can heal pretty well. Um, I don't know if they've done surgery or, or what exactly is going on with them yet, but um, it, it, if left alone, it can heal. It's not something okay. that you you don't come back from it the same. You know, it's not like a detached retina, which now is always ri- at risk of detaching again. You know, mm-hmm. or uh, a broken arm, you know, or a joint or whatever. Right. Um, this is something that I, I think can heal. What is going to be a potential threat, however, I, was, I, I found interesting is infection. Which hopefully won't be the case, obviously. But um, if if a tear in there in that part of the body can gets infected, mm-hmm. it can spread pretty quickly to the lungs and the heart because the esophagus goes b- apparently behind the lungs and the heart. Wow! And if it gets in there at all, yeah, that's that could, is going to be an issue. That's going to be the bigger thing for them, I believe, Oof. to watch for because that infection can spread, and well, at that point, it can be fatal. One of the first times I saw like a freak injury in in the in the cage was coincidentally with Patrick Cote. He was facing Anderson hmm. Silva, and then literally, like, he, like, stepped back, and he just started oh, clenching his knee. Oh, his knee, right? Yeah, he started yeah. clenching his knee. I'm like, wow, that's coincidental that Patrick Cote is on the same uh, card. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, sucks for, for everyone involved. I'm sure yeah. Max Holloway well, didn't, didn't want to win this way. Hopefully Charles Oliveira got the, the, the cues from his doctor to mm-hmm. stay away from that infection, and hopefully take care of it properly and come back soon. Yeah. Uh, Max Holloway, congratulations for the victory, though. I mean, a victory is a victory. We've seen this time and time Called again. Called out Frankie Edgar. Called out Frankie Edgar. Isn't that a fun one? That's a fun one. Um, so, guys, two big announcements that I want to talk about. Ronda versus Holly Holm. Of course I was unexpected. Hashtag, hashtag, premature Dana White. Premature. She's had two fights in the UFC. <laughs> I agree. She's had two fights in the UFC. Her other fights could have been... I didn't, I didn't look them up, but I should have. Could have been for organizations that... Aren't even sanctioned. She's uh, legacy. She's fought for legacy in, okay, that's on legit. Access TV. Yeah. That's I think legit. she went undefeated there. Okay. Yeah, I, get, I, mean, I give her that. Undefeated. But come on. Yeah. Come on. Ronda Rousey, you feed her to the shark. She had two fights. She looked good in her fights, but she didn't look great. She starts off slow. That scares the shit out of me. I haven't seen any notices or any explanation why not Misha Tate. Um, they just said just market yeah. a bit, market a, from a marketing standpoint, it's just better to fight. Better to fight someone new. I I kind of agree. True. I just feel bad for uh, for Misha Tate because she said, "Hey, I found out like everyone else. I didn't get a phone call. My management didn't get a phone call or wow. nothing." I just kind of sucks. So, like, it does suck. There was and, no. And in related news, Bellator MMA opens up their women's division again. Yeah, <laughs> that's ironic. Um, no, that was a joke. They haven't. No, but I heard they were. Oh, <laughs> hey, what do I know? That's so funny. You said apparently I know more than I know. They're the only ever Bellator women's champion, Zoila. I think uh-huh. her name is Zoila Frost. I heard she's coming back and possibly to Bellator. So I did not. Know that's that. really funny. You said that. <laughs> um, but anyway, Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. It's a little premature. I feel bad for Misha Tate. Home should have fought Misha before Ronda or Cat mm-hmm. at least before Ronda. What happened to the gatekeeper? But on the same Just card, evil eyes not a gatekeeper. On the same card, I think they announced uh, Joanna and Chen Chek and Chen Chek and Jay Chek. Claudia Gajelia. 
Yeah. Which, a fight that we've all been looking forward to, obviously. With this Ooh. nice little rematch. It's a rematch that we need because the last one mm-hmm. was way too close. That one's going to deliver. Yeah. Khabib Norman get him up. Get him Get him Yep. Against fighting Tony Ferguson. Yep. Okukui. That's going to be a fun fight. Finally, I mean, hopefully Khabib doesn't get hurt again. I know there was a big thing at the uh, what fight were they? A World Series of Fighting where mm-hmm. he got fought with the Diaz brothers. I'm like, right. come on, right. man. Fight, you guys are, you guys fight, are adults, dude. Fight. Uh, Joe Lozon's fighting Evan Dunham in December. Like, a lot of good fights. Uri Hall's fighting Gegard Mousasi. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm excited. Michael Bisping, Robert Whitaker. I, I, I just want to ask you, I, I know we're going to wrap I up pretty Robert soon. I love Robert Whitaker. We're, we're asking pretty soon. I am so sick and tired uh, of people saying if Chad Mendes had a full camp, he'd win. And it's just like, dude, if, number one, you're a fighter. Number two, if you're not ready to fight, don't, don't fight. Right. You know, if, if. Well, no, not in that scenario. They needed him to fight. Mm. You kidding? You get that call to save they the pay per view like Frank, that. Get, they get Frank Edgar. I'm sure Frank Edgar would have been more than happy to fight. You but don't know that Frankie Edgar was ready. Maybe he was, when maybe you, he wasn't. I just feel like when you're a fighter, it's your full time job. Yeah. At that level. Absolutely. At that level, especially. Like, I, I mean, if you're a workhorse, you're a workhorse, and you should be able to take a fight and anytime. Again, any and even day. McGregor, yes, he had a camp, but he was preparing for Jose Aldo. He wasn't preparing for Chad Mendes. Which a lot of people under they undermine that. They think, oh, well, he's preparing for a fight anyway. No, 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 no. He was preparing for a very specific fight. Yeah, which exactly. Us, as high-level fighters, they do that. You know, specifically train for one guy. But if you're so, at that high level, you need to be able to... to just, just like going anytime, you're right. anybody and, as and well. And another one, you're too, right. is a lot of people have been saying, too, well, if uh, if the fight <laughs> was in New Mexico, Cain Velasquez would have totally beat Fabrice Verdun. That, that's another <laughs> well, one we that... We'll find out. That's another one where... If you're a fighter, you got to do everything to prepare. That's part of being a fighter. I get crowd energy feeding you, but my... Al- the, the altitude. Oh, you're talking about altitude? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, then never mind. But <laughs> altitude sucks. Um, no, but crowd. as far as crowd energy goes, though, like, even if it's bad energy, even if you're getting booed, that's still, like... It's fueling, you know what I mean? In, in my personal opinion. Um, Ronda Rousey agrees. When so, have you ever um, gotten right. booed? Well, I haven't Shut yet. But when you do, <laughs> we will see. All right. In fact, I may try and do that for I don't now. know anything. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying that, actually, I mean, I, the, the actually, crowd I, thing had nothing actually, to do with the altitude. Actually, <laughs> I was booed on, on, on Tough Enough. I forget what they said. <laughs> but they did. someone did boo me. But, yeah. No, that like, doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. It's not a f- MMA fight. Okay. Yes, it's not an MMA fight. Another topic for another mm-hmm. day. But next but next card is next uh, card is Johnson versus Dotson. We will see you here in two weeks. That's gonna be weeks. a fun. That's gonna be a fun mm-hmm. fun card. A fun size. A lot card. a lot of great fights. I'm looking forward to mostly Frank Mir versus uh, Andre Arlovsky <laughs> and yeah. girl Paige Van Sant's mm-hmm. fighting. Um, of course, the main event, like I said, but that heavyweight fight, I feel it's going to be such. I think it's going to be as good as Duffy Mayer was, as good as Arlov, Arlov, uh, Travis Brown was. <laughs> now you put those two winners together. Who knows what we're going to see? I agree. I think it's going to be a good one, guys. We will see you here in two weeks. There's no UFC next week. But oh. you can follow me at G Hermosa. The and hashtag Road to 400 followers begins. How about Road to 700 tweets or 800 tweets? Get to a thousand tweets, then maybe we should oh, really? talk about it. Hold on, you're not there yet, man. I don't know. I need to check 775? it. Seven seventy five, seven ninety six, seven ninety six. Bam! I'm he tweeting. Needs to tweet more. Not. Anyway, guys, we will see you later. You can find me at Tough Diary on all social media. Guys, where can we find you? At G Hermoso, J Tan seven one six all over the place. Mom, I'll see you soon. Bye, mom. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz 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 you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.